0: Hello, and welcome to Makers Dev episode 60. Unlike the number 59, I feel like there are a lot of interesting things to say about 60. It's uh, multiple 10. Uh, <laughs> maybe I was wrong. <laughs> uh, you don't get anything when you're 60. It's like 65 and a half is retirement age. Yeah. Uh, the Beatles, uh, will you still need me, will you still leave me when I'm 64? Uh, that's not 60 uh it's it's a it's a multiple of 10 that's all i got great intro great <laughs> really really nailing it with <laughs> these <laughs> interesting number of facts based intros uh wonderful how are you <laughs> how, i'm doing all right how's your week
1: going that's good uh, that's good yeah so, uh yeah i had a pretty good week um so i think last week we talked about uh me not understanding the machine learning homework like at all um, yeah, now yeah. i understand almost every part of it which is great um, I'm also doing fairly well on the K L competition, so we're talk about that. Um, and I may or may not go snow tubing later this afternoon. We can talk about that, too, but, uh, yeah, so doing pretty well. Also, if you hear some noise, uh, my window is open because my graphics card has been running 24-7 for, like, all week, so my office is very warm. <laughs> so I, I open it. the window. A uh, heater yeah. with a purpose. Right, yeah. Um, doing well. How about you?
0: I had a really good week. Uh, some weeks are really productive and some weeks are not very productive and this was a really productive week and i'd like to try to figure out why that happened so i can have more of those types of productive weeks uh i have a question for you about my executive assistant she is rocking and rolling and i just want to nail down the the next step for her we talked a little bit about it last week but I'd, I'd like to just really nail that down and then uh there's a whole bunch of stuff that i was just like an attaboy about of stuff that went well that uh <laughs> Most of it was outside my control, but it uh, uh, <laughs> felt good that those things happened well. I uh, would love to dig into several things you said. You, you sent me this picture of your homework that you had written up in LaTeX, and I understood none of it. I like <laughs> A lot of the words were in English, but then it got into math stuff, and it was math symbols that I have never seen in my life. That's really cool that you know what that means, <laughs> and that you were able to, to do that homework problem and i feel like that's your money at work yeah you're you're paying to learn a new thing and pick up a new skill and you're able to understand this esoteric language that's really cool uh talk to me about that what what can can you translate what that homework was about i like what what this new skill is that you've acquired of being able to understand this mathy language
1: yeah. So uh, yeah, you mentioned I did it in LaTeX. We talked about that last week too. Turns out I like LaTeX uh, now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think before I had to do it in like this weird editor or something. And at some point in the last, I, since I got this computer last year, I installed a Sublime plugin for it. So mm. now I can do my homework in Sublime and hit Command B, and it makes a PDF. Mm. So like before, it was this weird tool chain. Now it's like all in my editor, which I like and familiar with. Um, also, you can copy and paste all of those formulas that you uh, looked at. Um, yeah, so um, the, th- this is why I didn't understand the machine learning homework last week because I realized math, especially machine learning math or CS math in general, is a lot like coding. But it's like coding, like if you're trying to do code golf in Perl, you know? Like you try to get the shortest, like, you know, very shortest line you can that yeah, says the yeah. most stuff. Or maybe like a really complicated regular expression. And so it looks really complicated. But really, like, once you break down every symbol, uh, it's actually not that... Not that bad, but it takes a long time to understand, just because every symbol uh, means something, and mm-hmm. it's like code in that if you get one symbol wrong, then the whole thing is wrong. So, uh, so yeah, yeah. The, the, the homework problem I sent you a screenshot of was about probability and expectations um, of machine learning events, and so uh, and there was a, like a proof we had to do, and so yeah, a lot of those symbols I did not understand before last week. Um, the TAs are great though, and they helped me understand it. So. Yay for
0: TAs. <laughs> Yay TAs. It was beautiful, by the way. It just the ligatures and the LaTeX makes ker- everything turning, yeah. I think. Turning the, oh, the, the... the oh it's mm-hmm. so nice. <laughs> it just looks like a, a piece of art. Uh I'd love also that the default margins in LaTeX are like two inches on yeah. the left and right side and some it just looks good. it it feels like a mathematical work of art. I I like it a lot
1: yeah they were even bigger than what i showed you and i had to make them smaller because like it was like like i default to like yeah like three inches or something ridiculous yeah and uh yeah so i made them smaller but um yeah it actually looks like who knew the software designed to like write mathematical research papers is good at (laughs) writing mathematical you know homework (laughs) Um, so it's this math stuff is not something i particularly like doing or i'm very good at um but i understand more of it now and so i will not shy away from it as much as i have before i used to have like this really avert this aversion to symbols and math you know like i Mm. would skip over any math and blog posts or whatever um but now i understand a lot more
0: so that's good cool i like your framing also of that mathematics is like the code golf side of coding there is an elegance to it there's a there's an artistry to making something as simple as possible and, and taking out extraneous things and you're left with just a very beautiful simple math formula there's there's something about that that i like there's an artistry to it
1: yeah the the other really confusing thing i can talk about is uh like symbol overloading so symbols can mean lots of different things like the same symbol Mm -hmm. um and in fact in class or sorry in the supplemental video lectures by this other professor um mm. he was using this one symbol for probability which is just like parentheses and mm. everyone thought like the whole class was like are you multiplying this i don't understand and he's like oh let me change it And he changed this whole you know way of doing it and it meant exactly the same thing and so it's like mm. you have to define everything before you use it so that's confusing too it's like different symbols can mean the same thing depending on who's using it and if you don't mm. define it this is
0: really confusing yeah i don't like that that's yeah. something that programming languages do incredibly well is there's the, it's, it's unambiguous you this this notation goes into this syntax tree and there's no other way to do it there's one correct way and the compiler is defining what the correct way is and if you write something and it doesn't get your results that you were expecting that's not the computer's problem that's your problem for not yeah. using this language more effectively uh, and I, I guess that's part of the downside of having mathematics be more artful is that you want more of that expressiveness you want to be able to use symbols that look good and and are a good shortcut but uh now they're going to be used in in multiple ways uh sort of closer to ruby's like you know ruby has six different ways for looping through an array uh that all (laughs) effectively are the same thing but have different pros and cons of uh how they're how they're doing it uh oh man the the each dot with index. Why, why isn't the index just included by default? I, I don't know. understand. I hate uh, that too. Yeah, yep. no.
1: Python um, has a similar weirdness. So Python Python has a few weirdness things, like coming from Ruby Learning Python. Um, to get the index, you have to uh, change your for loop to say enumerate and then change. It's like, why can't you just include the index in the loop? Mm-hmm. Like it's, yeah, anyway.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's a trade-off, I think, of like expressiveness versus verboseness. Like if you want to be as unambiguous as possible. I guess you just write in assembly code or you write <laughs> sure. the raw bytes for machine code. And like, you're you're just moving bits around. Uh, but to make room for more of that artistic artistry, you, you want more expressiveness. Uh, that, that makes sense to me. Um, I'm reminded of <laughs> the, the linear algebra class I took in college. There was a uh, foreign instructor. I think he was from Eastern Europe or something and had this heavy accent. And uh, for the first... Probably five weeks of class it's, it's linear algebra you're talking about matrices uh which is the plural of matrix i thought he was saying mattresses <laughs> <And> I, was, <laughs> I was hanging out with someone afterwards and they were like oh can we work through this problem in linear algebra And i was like yes yeah, so you take this mattress and you do this and they were like what are you saying Did you say mattress have you read the textbook and of course no i've <laughs> never read college textbooks in my life uh yeah no it was the the expressiveness is uh is interesting uh cool talk to me about the category competition you're working on uh what's the latest with that
1: yeah so i um there's like 1100 teams or so and i am now in place number 22 so fantastic that is relatively high and that's good um I'm that's so my, good yeah that's, that's that's yeah pretty good i'm not on a team yet i will probably join a team for this one um i've been uh, done solo and teams before uh, i think this one is going to require like someone to work on the models and someone to work on the post-processing and someone to do some other stuff and so mm. yeah i'll probably end up teaming up but um yeah doing well that's why my graphics card has been running uh these language models this is the essay competition uh where you have to like classify different parts of an essay and these language models are big and take a lot of of run time and so to do a full like run takes almost 12 hours or so um and i have 10 folds we talked about this last time which means uh it takes a long time to train the whole thing <laughs> um mm. so yeah so it's been running the whole time and yeah now i'm in 22nd place that's
0: fantastic how were you able to get there? Are you just executing on the plan that you had from the beginning? Have you had any extra insights into how to better understand this language model of how to recognize pieces in an essay?
1: Yeah, so so far it's been mostly executing on my plan from the beginning. Um, it's also using, so the discussion forums are great, and there's like people post their code um, to have it talked about. Kaggle does something really well that other platforms like this don't do, which is they give you ranking points essentially in, for winning competitions or for doing well in competitions but they also do it for getting uh, upvote points on discussion posts mm. and for these what are called data sets and then notebooks which are like your code mm. and so people post their code because they want these points because uh, you can be your rank and go up by winning competitions or by doing you know getting upvotes on these other things interesting um, so it really promotes a lot of this uh, code sharing and so there was a notebook that did really well i was able to take that notebook and I mean, a lot of people just took that notebook and copied it or almost you know, nearly copied it. I was able to use the ideas behind it. And I actually went and read some of the actual AI paper, the machine learning papers that like from the the ideas that they used in their notebook, I went and read the papers and they actually implemented some of the things a little weird. Hmm. So I basically went and fixed some of the things that they did sort of wrong and uh, then did some other stuff, <laughs> which it's probably not interesting. And I probably can't talk about till the competition's over anyway. Um, and, and that's what boosted me to 22nd place. So um, gotcha. I think yeah having more of this math background is really going to help and this is why i'm doing this masters because now i can actually go read the research papers and i can you know be like oh you know this this is how you implement this research idea and Mm -hmm. uh it it turns out to really help in real world uh stuff so yeah
0: that was good how cool what a what a good move from kaggle to reward having things be more open uh i I like that a lot because having things having this be more open source and having things uh, being able to build off of the work of other people. Like that, that's how I think you get the best result overall. And it's tricky when doing that with humans because uh, you know, every, every individual competitor is sort of ego driven. They're trying to do the best for themselves and that's how the competition is structured that they reward individuals and not the, the collective whole. Um, but I would think you would get the best result by everyone in, in a communal way coming together to, to try to solve this problem. Um, I had a similar experience with the open source library that Stripe made for Firebase this week, but I'll, I'll talk about that later. Um, but that's that's cool that you're able to build off of it. And I, I I think I am sad that the model doesn't reward you for then publishing the fixes that you had on their paper and then other people can build off of that because that's how we would get to an even better place of like, you know maybe maybe someone else in this competition has an insight into something that you did suboptimally that they could build on top of uh, but uh, you know that's you're you're playing the game and you're playing the game well and uh, I, i'm curious what a competition would look like that would encourage more of that collaboration
1: yeah so there's kind of um there's kind of a couple of things that play there first of all the the notebook this guy produced did so well actually that he got really criticized for publishing it because <laughs> it's basically like a plug and play drop in like for like for it would have probably got close to winning the competition had he not done it, which Mm. is actually a good reason to publish it because now like now it's nowhere near winning because people have built on top of it. Yeah. And so, but people are criticizing him for like publishing too good of a notebook because people are just copying and pasting that thing. Um, So that's kind of interesting. Um, And then the other thing, yeah. So, and so there's like this, there's this thing on Kaggle that you want to publish your secrets, but once they get too good, then actually might get criticized for publishing them because they're too good. Um, So that's kind of an interesting thing Uh, until the competition is over. And then the expectation is that all the top teams uh, are published like, the, either their code or exactly how they did it or whatever. And so yeah, yeah. that's that's usually how it works. Like the expect there, there's nothing enforcing this, but the expectation is that um, like the top say at least gold medal teams will publish a post saying you know kind of in detail how they mm.
0: did all their their training and stuff. So um, I guess that's not a bad system then, because uh, you know if if I'm working on my own creative novel approach to this, coming at it from the side but initially it doesn't do as well as this one published thing that i could have just copied and pasted well that would that would feel kind of demoralizing and maybe yeah. my approach actually if i had pursued it longer would have done even better than that um which is so why i, I guess... got criticized yeah because it, okay. it basically
1: squashed all other avenues you know to, to get tie on the leaderboard now you basically have to copy his thing and then do a little
0: better than it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. interesting yeah because that that you know <laughs> how bad would it feel if you invested all this time in your own individual approach and it didn't do as well as the guy who just copied and pasted the the public solution for it. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's a, that's a tricky dichotomy. Huh? I, yeah. Okay. I guess, I guess that's not a bad model what they're doing then. And then, and then everyone can learn the lessons from the teams that did the best more independently. And then they can take that and add that to their toolkit. And if they're paying attention and able to absorb the meta lesson from what their approach was, then it it makes for a better result the, the next time. Um, Huh, okay, cool.
1: Yeah, so it's not perfect by any means, but it they're better than other... So there's this other uh, one. I'm comparing it specifically to this other uh, thing called Driven Data. So it's mm-hmm. like Kaggle. They're, they're a newer one, though. And they have real money in real competitions, but the uh, engagement is just so much lower on mm-hmm. that site. Um, there's like... Like in a Kaggle competition, there'll be like three or 400 posts in the forum for mm-hmm. any competition. Uh, for this one that I'm doing for Driven Data, it's like 30 <laughs> out of... You know, Interesting. So, like it's an order of magnitude less... Uh, Discussion. Why do you think
0: that is? What is what's Driven Data doing? Because they,
1: they don't... Th- there is no incentive to share your... Like, you don't get any kind of point or anything. Um, it's only the competition. Oh, okay. Um, and so, yeah. So, it in that, like, the incentives are only to keep secrets to yourself.
0: Okay. Well, yeah, good for Kaggle. It sounds like they're they're doing better than... Is it, is it, do you see anything obvious that Kaggle could be doing better to... To, to further incentivize sharing, or does it feel pretty balanced how it is right now?
1: Uh, it feels pretty good. Um, the one thing maybe they could do, I think they are spread a little thin. Like um, people will ask moderators a question, and it'll take like two weeks for to get an answer mm. on the message board. And so, like I think if if they had a little more engagement from moderators, then that could be a little better. But in, in general, I think Kaggle does a pretty good job at cool things.
0: Yeah, I have a <laughs> I have a vestige of a memory from. An article I read this week that referred to Kaggle and it was an article designed for a non-technical audience and it, it called Kaggle a Airbnb for data science and I was like what are you talking about <laughs> like I guess but that okay sorta uh, uh,
1: yeah so it one thing that I don't talk about much because I just do mostly competitions but competitions are just part of Kaggle actually you can host your your data set there and then you can actually you can actually make your own competition um, and it doesn't give, like, ranking points or prizes or anything, but you can invite people to join your competition that you make and stuff. So in that way, it's kind of a little more like Airbnb, I guess, because you can, like, look at other people's data. I don't know if that makes any sense, but um, – so sort of. But, yeah, that's a weird comparison.
0: <laughs> I actually found it, uh, and this is from an article that I'm going to talk about later. Oh, okay. But <laughs> it was described uh, as an Airbnb for data scientists uh, that apparently – no, I, I remembered that correctly. Cool. Uh, Is that
1: you can rent a data scientist then? Is that what that means?
0: For data scientists? I guess so. You can like rent a... It links to another article that it justifies. <laughs> that a Google subsidiary described it as that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you can rent data scientists. Oh. Because it's it's like crowdsourced to attract the data scientists and then you can rent them. So in this, in this analogy, you are an airbnb host that people can rent as their in-house data science team i suppose. Is. <laughs> that's sort of <laughs> uh yeah sort of <laughs> i'll i'll take sort of uh, you also mentioned that you might go snow tubing today what's that yeah, sounds so fun we
1: could talk about this uh that i yeah so there's a snow tubing place near where i live um I don't know. It's, I guess it's not new this year, but it's the first year we heard about it. And they have their own snow machine, which means even if it's nice out, like today it's like 30, yeah, it's just above freezing. So it would be nice to go snow tubing and they have snow because they have a snow machine. So that's perfect. Sure. Uh, the problem is, uh, so I have this machine learning homework. It is due tonight at midnight. Sure. I have it almost all done except for the last little bit of the last problem. The last problem is this page long, like the, the setup is a page long. It's really obnoxious. And the uh, TA was going to do office hours today. And he was going—he explicitly display, you know, to explain his problem, which I mm. basically can't solve. And um, but he had to move that to five o'clock today, which is exactly when we were going to go snow tubing. Uh, oh. So I now have to decide: do I get a problem—you know—do I get you know a problem wrong on my homework, or get partial credit, or something like that, uh, because I can't go to the TA thing, uh, you know, and go do snow tubing, or do I tell my family we have to do it some other day? Like we can just move it. Like we can do it a different day, but today is a particularly nice day and we're all healthy, which is not a given right now. And we're all, you know, like it's a good day to go. So yeah. What do I do? This is kind of a trade-off, you know, priority trade-off kind of thing. Like do I, yeah. What, you know, what do I do? So that, that I'm just kind of annoyed that, uh, I'm in this situation, you know? So
0: yeah, that sounds annoying. That sucks, especially because it was planned out that it was supposed to happen this morning. And then the team yeah. the moved it, uh, this is a very interesting problem to me because like you said it's it's a question about priorities you there are these two higher level goals that you want to push forward in your life of uh I, i might categorize it as career and family or like uh work and fun yeah and they're both important but if you explicitly have to choose between one or the other that that puts you in a situation where you have to decide which one is more important. Like, you know, you, you never want to have to uh, say which of your children is your favorite, but if you're in a situation where you can only save one, like, uh, okay, you, you sure. have to make this decision now. Uh, <laughs> it got dark. Uh, but the, uh, so, uh, and, you know, the, uh, there, there might be some creative solutions here of ways that you can accomplish both. of Like if it's recorded, maybe you sacrifice sleep and uh as soon as you get back you watch the recording and then and then do it but uh i i'm 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 kind of interested in just the pure problem of like if you had to choose between uh snow tubing and doing this with your family how do you make that decision uh and i i think you know this is also probably something that could be uh rescheduled but today is a, a perfect day for it to go snow tubing uh so I, I i kind of want to assume <laughs> for the sake of the higher level philosophical question like you have to choose either you know you you don't go snow tubing with your family and you miss out on this creating this memory and having this fun with your family or uh you are able to get these extra points in your homework uh how are you framing that how do, how do you feel about that if you had to choose and you, you could only have just one which uh, I, I i think it might be useful to bring in some frameworks of like uh i like jeff bezos's regret minimization framework uh which which of those two choices would minimize regret for you
1: yeah so if like say today was the only day we could go snow tubing and there's yeah. like, one you know once a year thing or whatever i would absolutely do that like yeah. no question i would go with my family because you know when i'm 60 that's what i'll remember not the yeah. few points on my homework that i missed the thing that makes it interesting is that we we could just go a different day um yeah i want to go tomorrow like i the first my first thought is oh we can just go tomorrow that's fine tomorrow's gonna be nice as well but yeah. there's a storm coming in and so they're gonna be closed tuesday wednesday mm. and thursday because i i called and asked uh and then on friday uh, saturday and sunday they're busy like they're really mm. busy on the weekends and we didn't we wanted to go on a monday because they're not gonna be busy at all and it's a really nice day today <laughs> and and we're you know so yeah if, if it was a once in a you know once in a lifetime or once in a year thing or something like that i would absolutely go snow tubing now i don't know because we just like we could go next week right but yeah like, my, my kids already know about it so then i have to it's a minor disappointment you know so it's like yeah yeah i don't know so, so that's when it's a little harder do i take a minor disappointment on something we could do just next week for you know more understanding and points it's, it's not necessarily just the points it's like i don't like i don't get the second half of this problem i just don't understand it and <laughs> yeah. so i really need someone to explain it to me and that's exactly what this guy's going to do yeah and so it's like it's an understanding thing as well and so yeah i just don't like being in this position like I, I, yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: it's where your priorities get tested it's that's not fun uh i would go snow tubing. that sounds <laughs> like a blast <laughs> it looks it looks really fun yeah they have
1: this it's like a it's like a ski thing too like you clip into to a toe line to go all the way up the hill that's great go down yeah so all your
0: energy is just on going down so you just wear yourself (laughs) out doing that That sounds great uh and it's a and it's a perfect day for it uh let's let's go forward with that then let's say you're gonna go snow tubing that's the plan and now the game is just like minimize the effect that that has on getting this problem uh is it recorded uh presumably you're not going to spend the entire day up until midnight snow tubing so you could get back and Watch the recording and, and try right. to get so from that and do the assignment. It's
1: not; they're not recorded. Um, oh. I think on purpose, like they don't want that pressure. I guess there's, you know, something like that. Um, okay. I can ask a private post on to the TAs, and they might get back to me in time, right? And it, otherwise, I will just work on it until then, right? Like this is a problem I should be able to solve given what I know. So yeah. I could just work on it all the way up to snow tubing and work on it till midnight, yeah. and I might get there. And so that's probably what I'm gonna do. <laughs> but okay. like it's still obnoxious.
0: So. Okay that is obnoxious that sucks especially because it sounds like you know in the in the session they're just gonna spoon feed you uh pretty much what what the answer is is there someone else in the class that you can ask to record
1: it technically not allowed to oh to record it i don't think that would be cool you know like i don't think that would be uh, i don't think the tas would appreciate that yeah i think they're not recorded on purpose
0: maybe could you message the ta and say hey this conflicts with a uh (laughs) <laughs> very important priority that i had previously <laughs> scheduled. That yeah, i mean I, I, I I'll
1: I will probably try all all of those things. I mean not the recording okay. part, but yeah, I will message the TAs and be like, uh, hey. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh if I I think that's I think it's reasonable and I would personally agree with those priorities that snow tubing is more important than getting this one extra problem uh, spoon fed to you or by the by the TA uh, for these extra few points on this one homework assignment um, and so I think the game is just minimize the cost of that and I think it's a very reasonable approach to work on it independently and then try to minimize the effect of missing the session of like message to the TA and uh, it's, it's not ideal but I think that's the best way to deal with it uh I, I i don't see a better way to do it the alternative is you're sitting there watching this ta walk through it and the whole time you're just thinking man i could be snow tubing right now <laughs> oh. I, th- I thought you're gonna say while snow tubing like on my uh, iphone at the... <laughs> there we go there's the creative solution <laughs> yeah spend a little money on the on the remote data uh actually that's interesting because you <laughs> I think if I go, (laughs) I
1: I want to be present while tubing, so...
0: Is there a way you could rig up your computer to to automatically join and record? I don't know. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Is it a Zoom?
1: It's a Zoom meeting? It is, yeah. So, I... (laughs) (laughs) i could get on record it and then leave and we'd only be like 20 minutes past when we were gonna go yeah <laughs> i could do something like that that might be possible <laughs> just well, use screen flow to record for like three hours while yes on. this is yeah. the
0: sort of thing that uh my my executive assistant uh senses are tingling that you could just say to your executive assistant hey i need you to go on this meeting at this time yeah and record it <laughs> and then send me the recording uh and then the problem be solved uh and if it's Zoom, that's kind of tricky because there's like two buttons you need to push of like join audio and video and whatever. And Yeah, uh, I'd,
1: ha- I'd have to get on, set the recording up, and then leave.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that feels reasonable. And then you're just delayed by whatever. the, the... 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that seems like a, a good compromise.
1: I think that's what I would do. <laughs> I might. We may have found uh, a
0: solution. We'll see. <laughs> cool. Cool. <laughs> Uh, Neat. I would love to pick your brain on how I can get more weeks like the week I just had. Um, some weeks, I set my intention. We talk about a thing, and I'm like, oh, yes, of course. This is the most important thing to work on. And then I just kind of fall flat, and I get distracted, and there's other things that take up my attention, and it's terrible. And this last week, I was just jamming. I, I had this project of figure out Stripe integrations for this new serverless infrastructure on Firebase. And not only did I just pour work into this, Oh, I wish I had, uh, totaled this for this last week. Um, I might be able to but i'm I'm not gonna do that uh i I think i got something like eight or nine hours of work in just on this one project uh which is unusually high for me on on a single project and i was finding just like little things of pockets of like half an hour between places where we you know we were waiting to go somewhere that usually i'd just be on my phone or doing twitter or something and i i just felt this force pulling me back into like oh i have this really juicy problem that i can do that i was able to squeeze in time in these days that that on another day i I would not have been able to do um and i did it i integrated stripe on this new firebase architecture and uh like we talked about last week i kept going forward with the official stripe extension uh and i think that was a good good choice um because it works and now i can just copy their model if i wanted to do my own thing and it's open source so it would be um it would be easy to copy but i i i want to understand why that happened (laughs) i don't it's, it's kind of frustrating to me that I have not yet unlocked the secret of what makes a project like that juicy enough that I keep going back to it, that I, I keep getting pulled back to it. And even in these little windows of half an hour, I think that's my new litmus test. Like, have I made this project enticing enough and easy enough to jump in and out of that given 30 minutes, I can maximize work within those 30 minutes and that's not something i'm dreading it's something i'm like excited and and drawn towards uh how do i figure that out (laughs) how do i I have more weeks like this last week
1: um interesting so one thing i don't think we should you know overlook is that you had your executive assistant churning away on emails and i felt these emails dragging you down mentally for a long time and so i yeah i would not discount you know how much her work has opened your brain up to do other things Yes, um, I yeah.
0: That's. I think that's a big part of it because I remember having the thought in the moment like, oh, I would like to push my business forward. That's an important priority for me. And a little thought bubbled up of like, oh, I should really do customer support emails. Right. But then I remembered, oh, wait, <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> have to do this anymore. Oh, I can do this fun project. And, and then it was rejuvenating and, and exciting. Uh, so, yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe... Maybe that's the cost of me being able to do work. Is just I I need to spend whatever I think it's seven hundred dollars a month on this person that is able to siphon away the drudge that's pulling me down. And and uh, it it may that may be the difference. It it may be entirely in that. Uh, if that's the case, amazing. That's the cheapest motivation I've ever bought in my life. Uh, I I feel like I'm effectively like buying back my own time to be able to spend it in higher value places um yeah that (laughs) that's a sufficient answer in itself and i'd be curious if there's uh, any other (laughs) any other factors that might be at play
1: um i mean i don't know like stripe integration is something we talked about this a little last time that for our difficult problems it's some stripe integration is something that's sort of tricky and -hmm. it's a bit like a hill and so maybe you just got over the hump where you could sort of see the solution and that way like all of the work was sort of downhill from there like you knew kind of what you had to do so maybe something like that um stripe is about billing and so once you get it done then you can actually build people like that yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah but no i
0: yeah it might be all your yay i don't know the complexity also makes sense that i last week i described being at the top of this complexity hill and it took me a while to get there and that was that was a lot of like this this divergent thinking uh mm-hmm. this the, the the search versus exploit like i i had done all the searching i had figured out all the complexities of you know should i even use stripe as a billing platform and uh, does it even make sense to be on firebase for this part of it um and it it really was just the execution um so the the work felt very straightforward and i knew what it would look like and i knew there would be problems but the problems were contained i knew like what what sort of problems there would be it's just you know ironing out exactly how the webhook gets the data and which part and what to name the functions and that sort of thing um yeah okay okay I guess I guess another lesson to learn from this, too, then, is it's very worthwhile work to merely map out the current state of complexity that hmm. uh, it, it's, it's, it can be meaningfully pushing forward a project by just outlining, like, here are the big problems. Here are the big unknowns. I need to figure out how to charge people's credit cards on this thing. And if I just think about that and Google a whole bunch... I may not have gotten any code written i may not have gotten anything materially changed in the world but i have i filled in this map and i now have a better understanding i've ruled out these five different ways of doing things and uh that uh, I, I can feel more of a sense of progress in that than than i was before because that enables the week that i just had of just executing and, and just plowing forward okay cool that's uh some some important takeaways that feels good Cool. Um, I also wanted to follow up on the question I asked you last week of do I do my own thing or do I follow this Stripe extension that seems to be neglected. Uh, Stripe seems to be picking back up. I, I saw some activity uh, in the GitHub repo, so I'm hopeful about that. Um, I also on the topic of having things open source, like we were talking about with your competition, I really appreciate that this extension is open source because if I want to make my own integration, if, if they just completely abandon this, I don't have to start from scratch. I can just copy all their code or, or even just copy the model that they did of like the way that they've architected the flow between Firebase and Stripe. Um, and that, that's going to put me much further ahead. So I, I think this was the correct, Way to go. Uh, I'm, I'm able to get up and running very quickly. Uh, there was a little pocket of this where the, the front-end library that they had written isn't compiling, <laughs> Like it isn't, oh. it, it's some ES6 problem where it's not, uh, it, it just won't even start. But I was able to copy the way that they had modeled that uh, front-end framework and at the same time uh, make it a, a Firebase hook. Um, so now I understand their model much better and it's something customized for what I'm doing um and if at any point in the future they update their thing to work better it it would be sort of a drop in replacement where i could go back to to using their stuff so uh I, I think that was the right way to do it and uh it's now done so that feels good cool yeah uh, yeah good job getting it done thank you <laughs> it feels good and now i can charge people cards <laughs> yeah i, I uh I implemented this first with the time tracker that I built which my girlfriend and a friend of mine are using so I uh implemented a feature they've been asking for and hid it behind a paywall uh and I got my first subscription on this thing with this new billing system and it's great <laughs> it's so much nicer and cleaner than the Rails system and it's it's syncing so much more uh intimately <laughs> that's uh sounds like a weird way to say it. but it Rails I feel like I'm my internal state was always just a little bit different from stripe and mm. I, I just didn't fully nail down like okay at the end of someone's billing cycle I'm, you know it's it's guaranteed to update the the uh internal state and in rails and this because so much more of it is pushed off into stripe feels a lot more rock solid so i like that um i did have a quick architectural question for you on this of how do you think about storing feature flags that are tied to uh uh billing plans uh how, how do you do that mapping?
1: This is not something I am very good at, I think. Um, I think it's a difficult problem to solve in general, but um, feature flags in general, like there are often libraries that do that. So for rails, there's one called flipper. I know there's, there are others. Um, often people will just do if statements, like all over the code, yeah. uh, which gets kind of messy, right? Especially if you want to change billing plans, you know, then you have to like add more if statements, right? Um, yeah, it's it's something I don't think I have a great handle on either. Uh, I always have some you know, hodgepodge kind of <laughs> way of doing it, uh, which I'm never really happy with. So yeah, I don't know. If you have an answer, then I'm happy to hear that.
0: It's it's something I still need to iron out. I think. I think the ideal that I'm looking for is I would love, I I, I would love to be able to invent a new plan on Stripe, hmm. and without changing any code, without pushing anything different, I can make a new plan on Stripe. And say this plan should cost this much and include these features entirely within Stripe and then push that plan and then that updates my billing page without me pushing any code. And if someone signs up for that, they get those set of features. And Stripe has capacity to do that. Like there's there's different places where I can store metadata in the plan that I, I think would allow that to happen. Um, and then my if statements in my code might just be looking for like, is this piece of metadata there on their plan? Um it's it's complexity to be to be uh ironed out so we'll we'll figure it out um neat i second thing would love to just nail down exactly what i'm going to do uh we talked about this a little bit last week with rachel for this week um she has gotten my email for customer support down from something like 900 to i just checked before this podcast 362 (laughs) awesome that is it's the best money i've ever spent just like the psychic load off of my mind of like not only is this problem just happening with me doing nothing but a 30-minute call once a week, but it's I, it, it's the system. Like, it's going to keep happening. Oh, yep. I'm so happy. Um, so I am feeling the crunch now of, like, I need more stuff for her to do. Uh, I would love to keep her delivering value to me uh, in the same sort of way, uh, but there's, there's no other, like, inbox of stuff to do. So the thing that we talked about last week, uh, the, the next project that makes the most sense for her is... Uh, getting get, getting people on the phone with me so that I can do the Deploy Empathy style customer interviews. So I, I think I'd just like to talk through exactly what I'm going to do and then mm-hmm. uh, get, if it sounds bad at some point, uh, wow. correct me. I think I'm going to go through Deploy Empathy to the back in the appendix where it says this is a template for the email to send for existing customers that you have. And I think they said something about like the the time frame of you want someone who hasn't just signed up because they don't know how to use the product mm-hmm. yet. You want someone who signed up about a month ago who has used the product uh, and gotten value out of it. and then here's the template of the email that you send them. And so then I need two things to go to Rachel. I need her to know here's how you find people that fit this description. Go in my user table and look for users that signed up about this long ago and check if they're one of these uh, source of industries and then uh, send them this templated email and uh within that system i need a way for her to be able to book a time on my calendar which i think i want to just happen through calendly because that's an existing system and i might just tell her you can send this link to people for them to book themselves or as long as i have an assistant it might might be more of a bespoke feeling of like (laughs) she's handling that for them and offering them times and is an interface through calendly uh that that feels sort of silly Uh, and then now, so I need to check in my Calendly that I have available slots and also in Deploy Empathy, I need to have a script for me of like, these are the questions that I'm trying to ask and then presumably, once that's established, now I have a system where I'm regularly talking to customers aiming to talk to something like for a week Uh, How does that sound? Uh,
1: That sounds good Um, My only uh, thing to watch out for would be so Calendly is really known by tech people. I don't know how well it's known or used by people outside of that, like Hmm. sign printers or lawyers. Hmm. Um, And so you may want it. Yeah. I would think about having her do the actual scheduling um, as part of it, Um, even though that's a little bit weird and spends more of your time, but, um, or spends more of her time, but yeah, I, yeah, it feels, it feels like you'll get a better response sort of rate uh, from that but cool otherwise sounds like a good plan
0: cool okay that sounds reasonable and i agree with you um and then also it's not the weird thing of the the main criticism i've heard of calumlee it's this weird power imbalance of like <laughs> right. uh all of my prior commitments and my time is more important than you and yours so uh you find a time on my right. schedule um so that you know, while while I have this assistant anyway, I might as well. It's going to be what, like another five minutes of her time to, to yeah. send the email of proposing times. Okay, so I think I think the interface that I want for her then is I want her to be able to see a read-only view of my calendar, and I want a private Calendly link for her. Well, maybe I could just trust her with read and write access to my calendar. I I feel like I trust her enough to do that
1: the worst case is she can delete or book meetings right
0: yeah so which is fine you want her to do anyway (laughs) yeah and then and then in a broader context like yeah if if in the future she ever needed to do some interaction with my calendar she'd be able to do that uh yeah like then i could say you know oh can you whatever mail me a package to my airbnb for my trip next week and she'd be able to go into my calendar and see what the address for that was yeah okay Mm -hmm. so that's a good thing to establish now cool okay um and then i just want to share with her some guidelines like like i have in calendly uh you know i only want meetings at this time and i I want at least this big of a buffer between them uh i think i want to outline for her i'd like to block at least 20 not at least i want to block 20 minutes for these uh customer interviews that i have And I want them between these hours. Uh, I don't like to take calls before like 1 p.m. And I'd like to keep Fridays clear and don't double book me. Um, And don't book anything after like, I don't know, 5 p.m. And I'm aiming for about four conversations per week. So once I have at least four in the week, go to the next week. How does that sound? Yeah, sounds good. Cool. Okay. Neat. How exciting. Oh, I'd love having an executive assistant. It's great. I I, uh feel like I'm actually a real businessman doing real business things. Uh feels good. Cool. Uh last section, I have a series of things that I would just like a quick attaboy on. Uh because they they were cool. Uh first I gave my mom the same humidifier that I got for her birthday and uh so that, that's the first thing very good gift as a son she loved it second thing because i gave her the same humidifier that i have i was teaching her what all the buttons do and she was like oh what does this button do and i was like i'm actually not sure and she pushed it and the fan went higher and i realized oh i had it on low this whole time and it's been struggling keeping up with the humidity i could just check it up all the way to high yeah <laughs> so i came back home and did it on mine and it like immediately gained five points in like 10 minutes and i was like wow so uh, giving gifts is cool and I did a good job and also got immediately rewarded with uh, improving my own life by giving this gift uh, I, I just I just wanted that a boy that, that, yeah. that was good uh, yeah that's good and pretty funny that's, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> cool uh, next thing I have been struggling for the last year to schedule paramotoring into my schedule and mm. initially was going to go with this guy in Dallas but he posted some kind of scary videos of him like talking about how much he hates liberals and cocked a shotgun out of frame during one of the videos and i was like maybe i don't want to hang out with him yeah uh and so then i was going to do it in austin uh but then it was just impossible for me to schedule like time for me to go to austin it's a it's a six hour drive or something and uh this sport is very dependent on the weather especially when you're first learning but uh this last week i saw a post by the dallas guy and i was like I've been trying to schedule this thing in Austin for the last year. Like he's not going to shoot me. Like, <laughs> It's probably fine. Let me, let me just go and see what the deal is. Uh, so I went and it was fine. He, he had, I, I, he just really does not like liberals, I guess. And that's fine. People have their own political leanings. Uh, and I don't even identify myself as liberal. Uh, I think, I think I'm more moderate. Uh, but yeah, we, we, we got along fine. Uh, And I was able to paramotor, which is something I've been wanting to do for a long time. And I think I'm going to go with this guy. And that's only a 45-minute drive. So I'm uh, pushing forward. And I uh, did my first skill of kiting, which is you're just on the ground with no motor on your back. You have the big parachute above your head, and you're just trying to keep it in the air. And I did really well. That's a very difficult thing to do. And I've watched so many videos on it, and I was able to pick it up very quickly. And uh, also because of my physical therapy, I was able to get my arms in the positions they needed to be. No problem. Uh, so that felt really cool, and probably within the next, I don't know, two months, I'm going to be flying in the air like a bird, and that's <laughs> very exciting. <laughs> that's uh, really so, cool. Yes. Could, Is this something you have
1: to do like uh, in tandem first before you do it solo, or do you just? Surprisingly,
0: that work? no. <laughs> uh, you can just do it. Okay. <laughs> Principally because so there's no regulation on this. Like I could just take right. myself and do it. Uh, it's also like a really lightweight aircraft, and you don't really get a lot out of. Going with someone, the really hard part is takeoff. Mm-hmm. And once you're in the air, it's like a baby could do this. You you just pull on the side that you want to turn towards, uh, and then landing is also kind of tricky. But uh, I have I've gotten the feeling of being in the air uh, from going paragliding on a mm, trip I yeah. went to in Costa Rica. So like, I kind of know what it feels like to take off, and I know what it feels like to land and uh I, I was able to steer it up in the air uh and i think that's the most benefit you can get from going tandem otherwise it's just like you, you gotta feel it for yourself uh it, it, that's, that's my current understanding of it um so no i'm just gonna go for it <laughs> that's the way everyone does it <laughs>
1: right right uh funny enough i saw two youtube videos this week about para glide para what paramotoring, motoring right um yeah. one was someone i think in texas who went to seventeen thousand five hundred feet wow um, yeah which is like in like you have to get you know you have to go into airspace because you're above i don't know what the line is but yeah he had to actually contact you know radio control and everything and yeah he, oh, like, he like flew through a cloud or just above a cloud you're not supposed to fly through clouds because it's like you're Correct. not supposed to do that yeah um but it looked really really cool and he had to like wear where like it got to you know zero degrees for something yeah, so yeah. Had to wear all this stuff uh, so that was really cool and then the other one is oxygen that high that's no uh it's okay. lower it's lower than everest by quite a bit Okay. um it, but he was starting to he, he was like i'm starting to struggle to breathe a little bit <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and i guess the max ceiling you can go to is 18,000. so i don't know if that's a legal requirement or if that's an oxygen requirement or or what okay. but um yeah how exciting um, yeah uh and then another video which is really neat is someone uh, so i can't remember his name but he makes crazy engineering youtube videos and he made uh, an electric uh paramotor setup yes have you seen this one so there's a he made it with little with little props before like like 30 of them and now yeah. he did it with four giant ones <laughs> so uh fantastic so he flew that uh so yeah those are the two paramotor video- videos oh my
0: <laughs> small tangent i think eventually i really want an electric one because that would just fit my ethos so much better <laughs> <Like> <laughs> i roll up in my tesla and i'm charging my perimeter from the tesla it would just be great but practically fuel is so amazingly energy dense yeah that like looking at the it's it's roughly the same cost uh and the electric paramotors i think have a max flight time the last time i checked of like 20 minutes whereas the uh gas powered ones you can be up there for like an hour yeah and if you're going cross-country you can like refuel along the way and uh but then the electric ones are so much more quiet and so you can like <laughs> shut it off in the air if you're not trying to get altitude and then and then it immediately starts back up so it's a it's a dilemma i'm currently facing of like what are my values? <laughs> what are my priorities in paramoting? <laughs> what are, what am I trying to get out of it? Yeah. Uh and then the motor also is just like gross and there's liquid and it spills and the gas smells right. bad and uh yeah, I, I I don't know what I'm gonna do. Uh stay tuned for future updates. Uh three more things for me. I was having a conversation with my friend Shai Schechter of uh Smart Subscriber and a side project he's doing called Right Method. Uh, No, Smart Scrubber is his side project. Write Message is the sass he has with uh, Brennan Dunn. And he was talking with me about how difficult it is for him to film videos of his sass. And jokingly, during the conversation, he was just like, man, why don't you just do it? And I was like, well, but actually, uh, yeah, I I could do that. It would take me like, I don't know, half an hour to to throw this together. Uh, Send me a video of you doing it badly, and then I will, and and give me access to all your things, and then I'll record a video of you doing it, of, uh, of me doing it and he did and then i did it took me something like 3 hours soup to nuts of like from the moment i started watching his videos to the moment it was published and uh, edited and on social media was uh, under 3 hours and i really enjoyed it and it was kind of fun like watching his it, his original video was 20 minutes and then i mine was 2 minutes and 20 seconds the mm-hmm. maximum length that a video can be on twitter and the process of like watching him and understanding what the thing was doing and the point he was trying to get across and realizing like, Oh, he has the first five minutes of this or just signing up for the thing and then entering his credit card information. People don't need to see that. I'm like, Okay. I've, I've signed up and I've entered my credit card and now we start from there. Here's the value that it's providing you. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, I had the thought if I had a stream of these coming in of people who have sasses who are just sending me videos of them doing it badly and you know i spend a day hammering out like four of them and uh i charge a couple hundred dollars each that that would be a very enjoyable way to spend my time uh <laughs> so uh and the video didn't perform very well on twitter and i'm not sure why that is but i really liked the process of doing it so it was cool to discover a new thing that i like to do
1: yeah so so that's neat that you found something that i mean i i think that could actually be a really neat business for someone um i i think your time is probably better spent in other places i mean you could do a few of them like that's fine but mm-hmm. like you know but i think someone could probably make a full-time living doing that um which is neat um it probably didn't do well on twitter because so two minute and 20 videos don't do very well like normally under a minute is, is what does better and then mm. just product demos in general don't do very well mm-hmm. um, people like like progress updates or like behind the scenes stuff on twitter um mm-hmm. yeah like product demos and stuff uh, tend to not do so great but
0: yeah that's interesting i have also noticed that but i didn't articulate it until you said it people do like behind the scenes stuff on twitter they like to know that like oh i'm following this person and i'm it's like i'm one of their friends and i get to see the behind the scenes right. thing. okay so that that video might be, make more sense on his homepage for the product
1: yeah home page or you like youtube and then linked from his docs page or something yeah, yeah yeah
0: yeah okay okay I'll i'll bring that up with him that's a that's a good point neat uh, for any of our listeners if you have a sass that uh, you would like me to take a crack at recording a video for you uh, reach out I'm uh, curious in, in doing more of these uh, two more things someone wrote an article about programmers doing things with Wordle uh, David Castle of the new stack.io which I'd never heard of uh i think it's just like a little side nothing publication (laughs) the article wasn't very well put together uh just like a bunch of links of stuff but uh yeah they they talked about me and they talked about my uh com and that felt really cool and they they uh (laughs) they like read my tweets about that i was really excited about that that it was working and they uh oh they had a word to describe uh jubilant (laughs) <laughs> jubilant yes uh jenco jubilantly uh exclaimed something like oh my god it works and uh it, it was just cool to like read about myself in uh in a news article uh it made me feel very happy
1: yeah that was funny i saw that on twitter and i love the quote they picked because it it typifies you so as it, the, the quote was ha 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 it works so
0: well yes <laughs> it's like, um, yep that sounds right yes uh that, that felt really cool uh <laughs> i uh I would enjoy being a little bit more famous than I am currently. If if I was getting like one of those a day, that would oh, that'd, that'd be great. Uh, none of the negative feedback, none of the none of the cancel culture stuff. Just, <laughs> right. just articles like that would be great. You
1: gotta write uh, more uh, more things uh, solving video games or something. You know, apparently <laughs>
0: <laughs> follow follow more trends. Uh, last thing, uh, there is a guy named Andy Bryce who has a product that I did not make a note of what it does, but I think it's something to do with document conversions and things. And he read the notes for my MicroConf Europe talk that I gave about making more videos and was inspired to make more videos and uh, tweeted me about it and and tweeted this first one. And uh, it was great. It it, like your first video is always bad, but he put in the work, he he did it. Uh, There are you know innumerable technical mistakes that I could have pointed out. Uh, But the core thing to focus on is like, he did the thing. He went from zero to one. And the thing that I encouraged him to focus on and that he was focused on is like, perfect is the enemy of good get something out there having a bad video is better than having no video and from that point for the next week he pumped out 12 more videos of his product that were all SEO focused of like the title was a thing people would be googling of how to convert a excel table to markdown was that was actually one of his examples and i'm so confused by it because how do you convert how do you convert excel to markdown is it do you convert markdown has tables they do so. have tables so is that is he converting the excel document into a table for markdown i guess that would make sense i was watch very his, confused by this video and find out i'll have to watch this <laughs> <laughs> um but he uh published a article about it and like what his process was and uh cited me which always makes me and my ego feel very good <laughs> like this was my inspiration for doing this uh so that, that felt cool uh, and I'm really proud of him, and I'm. Uh, it's it's very cool to see people doing this and getting more stuff out there. Uh, small aside, video is great. It, he he had a very good point in his article about like if you're trying to learn a skill, and this is something we've talked about before. Video is the medium to look for if you're trying to learn how to, you know, replace a pipe in your sink. Mm. Uh, you don't want to read the manual for your, uh, sink. You don't necessarily want to read an article about it. If you can see someone doing it in a well-produced video uh that is addressing your problem ideally it's talking about like your sync uh that's that's the best medium of knowledge exchange that i think currently exists and uh it would benefit everyone to get better at that medium
1: yeah yeah it, uh video is something um even screen recordings which it sounds like this was um it's like it's really scary at first and confusing mm-hmm. and it's hard to figure out um and but once you do like you can it's, it's kind of like a superpower you can make these videos that you know explain yeah. things and it's really not that hard there's like a lot of new terms and a lot of new things you have to worry about and stuff like that um and like, making the videos is actually a lot of work so 12 in a week that's like that's a lot of videos to yeah. make um uh yeah, so good on him, and I think that's awesome that something you're doing is, you know, inspiring other people. So, yeah, Feels everyone good. should make videos and Agreed. read Christian's thing about <laughs>
0: videos. <laughs> and then tweet me about it so yeah. I feel good about, about doing it. And then I'll tell you, you did a good job, too. I'll just have good feelings all around. Uh, cool. That's all I got? Uh, that's all I got, too. Then I'll see you next week. Goodbye.